Hey guys, and welcome to the Seasoned Woman Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions that promote the nurturing of the mind, body, and soul. I am your host, Whitney Williams, and I will be taking you through the agenda today. Hello, 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 you guys, and welcome to the Seasoned Woman Podcast. If you're a new listener, I am so excited to have you here. We talk about all of the good stuff, so you already know it's about to be good. And if you're a returning listener, obviously, you already know because you've been here like we fam, okay? Uh, thank you so much for coming back. I hope you brought your friends, you brought your family and pretty much everyone who you feel would enjoy this show. But without further ado, without me going on, let's get into today's episode. So today's episode, I wanted to kind of tackle something in the best way I possibly can that I think is a very insightful topic. And that is the definition of masculinity and femininity. I think... Oftentimes when we hear those two terms, we see people trying to define masculinity and femininity in regards to people's sex. So that is the man will be masculine and do masculine things. And likewise, the woman will be feminine and do feminine things. But I actually think that it's more than that. And it's more than just you being a particular sex. And so you have to behave in a certain kind of way according to your prescribed gender. There are many people who are far more well-versed than I am who have given talks on this and who have put out information about this. But I guess I kind of wanted to address it from a holistic perspective and from a spiritual perspective because there are so many instances where because a lot of people haven't... Well, I don't want to say a lot of people, but because people haven't realized the extent to which gender can be fluid and can be energetically open it causes a lot of conflict and it causes a lot of toxic ideas being regurgitated and reproduced in various societies various cultures that just doesn't help the progression of anyone so ideally this is to bring light to the fact that Essentially, we all have masculine and feminine traits or energies within us and we're free to be whoever we want, essentially. Like we don't have to be following these behaviours. But anyway, let me not get too into that. Let's get into explaining what masculinity and femininity actually are. So being a sociology A-level student, we've had or we had many a conversation about gender identity, trying to define either in a myriad of ways. One thing that I can tell you is that there is no one definitive explanation of each gender, at least from a sociological perspective anyway. Everything is always relative and always relates to how each sex and their associated behaviors are perceived based on culture based on social conventions 
and yeah, based on culture and social conventions. So that means that it's pretty much open for interpretation, open for um, a variety in implementation and expression, and essentially means that it can look different on everyone. So things like religion, family life, sexual identity are all going to factor into how a man could present themselves or how a woman would present themselves in their local community or in their community period and I guess that's why I want to get into this a bit more because when you look at that you come to realize that yes there are many ways that a man can present themselves and when I say man I mean obviously the masculine energy and there are many ways that a woman can present herself and yeah feminine energy so yeah to give a definition for both like or a loose definition of both genders uh when we talk about masculine and feminine the typical traits we associate with each would be strength assertiveness leadership courage directness action and logic for masculine and when you're talking about feminine energies you'll be talking about receptiveness nurturing abilities being soft, being fluid, being emotional, sensual and empathetic. And what happens is that when we're born, these gender identities are associated to us based on our physical bodies. And that's pretty much it. You're meant to grow up, you're meant to live your life, you're meant to behave as the body you've been born into and there is no room for flexibility there is no room for variation in personality in tastes in desires it's just you do what you do because you're born into the body that you're born into but I'm hoping we know that is absolutely not true so we're going to go through some of the ways that femininity and masculinity can present themselves outside of the typical characteristics and traits that we're supposed to see so I'm going to start with femininity because I feel like masculinity is always the conversation that people are having about toxic masculinity and blah 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 so let's talk about femininity for a minute now it's when you're looking at that it's actually quite interesting I was doing some reading obviously trying to put together some notes for this episode and one thing I realised, which to be honest, I already knew, but is very much addressed in literature, is that anything that's kind of associated with femininity is seen as weak or less than in comparison to men. And I guess it makes sense because the way society, at least in the Western world, well, not just the Western world, but to my experience and knowledge, society has been cultivated is in such a way that everything is very much patriarchal and men are at the head of everything and women are to be subservient. Over time, I feel like in a lot of ways, this has become less of a direct expression of such inequality, but it's definitely still there in a lot of ways and definitely still creates a lot of inequality for people that express feminine energies or express feminine traits and obviously inevitably 
over time, expressing the feminine side of ourselves has been something that a lot of people have come to suppress because we don't want to be seen as weak. We don't want to be seen as less than. We don't want to be disrespected for simply being who we are. And for me, I think that's actually, it's very counterproductive because I think there are a lot of traits within femininity that are very empowering and that we very much need to be balanced individuals. Yes, there may be some instances where we need to develop some masculine traits to find a sense of balance, but that's the key word, balance. The fact that we need both forms and both, I guess, energies to truly be a rounded individual. There are so many ways that femininity is so important like for example helping us to get in touch with our emotions I think we can all agree that that's important for so many reasons and then as well as that things like encouraging creativity which aside from the art perspective of creativity is much more than that it's everything from creating businesses being an entrepreneur to like even the typical masculine things that they like to associate with men like building tables and I don't know fixing cars that takes a level of creativity because you are essentially putting your ideas to work and you're physically making things that is creation in its purest form that's a feminine energy and then also we need our emotions and we need our empathy to create better environments for relationships with people I mean man or woman that is something that is a word hope is important or is something that people value and is fueled by feminine energies and feminine traits so when you look at it from that perspective if we were to ignore all of these things how do we cultivate how do we build the more um intuitive and non what's the word I always use it the intangible aspects of life if we're ignoring the thing that is driving force behind it now I've said all of this stuff and perhaps it may seem like I went off a tangent a little bit but it's all very important in letting you guys know that actually when it came to me searching for the different types of femininity I couldn't really find any literature on it And even though I've kind of addressed some of the ways that uh, expressing femininity can be so important, there wasn't really any attempt online via studies to formally address the different ways femininity can show up and how it can show up in people. And yeah, I, I just thought that was very, very interesting. And when I say interesting, I hope you know what I mean. So since I couldn't find any official definitions, I am going to give you guys some examples I think are quite relevant. As I said, femininity can express itself in various different ways. But if we're looking at the different types of women and uh, the ways that they can express their femininity, some examples I could give are the therapist who would, I guess, be presenting one side of femininity that's about emotions and dealing in the realm of emotions. Or you could have the artist who has taken the aspect of femininity that is creation and built a life out of it. Or you could have the caregiver 
who has obviously taken the nurturing aspects of feminine energy and developed that. And that's the whole point. There's so many different variations, I think, even beyond the examples that I could give, where you see women embracing these different types. But also, I'm hoping you realise that it's not just women that can be artists or caregivers or therapists. There are many men who go into those professions and perhaps some others that may be stigmatised as feminine or like women's professions. So I guess that's where we come to the idea of masculinity and what that means, what that can look like and the different variations that you can find. So during my reading, there are a lot of things, to be fair, with this whole topic, there are a lot of things I read that were unsurprising that I've already known about and I think that a lot of people have already known about. But when I was reading up on um, the different forms of masculinity and the way they can present themselves, a lot of or nearly all of the forms were imbalanced. And the main, I guess, uh, type of masculinity that has been used as the framework was categorically known as toxic or as sociologists like Morel and Connell like to call it, hegemonic masculinity. And that's basically masculine energies being expressed in excessive ways that can be very harmful both socially and culturally because it creates the imbalances that I was speaking about before especially when it comes to um, their feminine counterparts and obviously most associated with that women it can be very harmful for women and alongside that the idea of this hegemonic masculinity actually affects a lot of other subgroups within society And most notably, any man who doesn't subscribe to this way of being a man. And when I was looking for the definitions of the different types of masculinity, it was the hegemonic man. And then any other group that was defined was basically defined as less than for reasons ranging from developing or preferring to engage in more feminine traits known as subordinate masculinity to the other recognised subgroup known as marginal masculinity, which basically referred to men who don't have the social power that supposedly you should have as a hegemonic man. And so somehow you're less than. So obviously when we look at all of these things, we see that, quite frankly, in both situations, any kind of deviation from the typical definition of masculine or feminine isn't really acknowledged as mainstream and often and not even often and completely is defined as a result of hegemonic masculinity like everything revolves around hegemonic masculinity when we're describing femininity it's as a result of the masculine when we're describing other deviants of or acknowledged deviants of masculinity we are addressing them as subordinates to the hegemonic man For me, this is problematic in so many ways because as well as it being a risk to other groups in society, it also actually ignores some of the very positive traits of masculine energy like leadership, logic, directness and assertiveness, which we very much need for success in most of the endeavours that we will have in life. When 
we have to look at things from such a skewed perspective it makes it very difficult for us to actually reap the benefits of both sides of the coin and essentially everyone loses out because there is a real benefit in finding that balance and in utilizing both energies which we all can do literally our brains have the capacity to utilize traits from both sides of the coin and work in a dualistic way like it's what it's meant to do and it's why we see things like um our left side of the brain being described as masculine or being associated with more masculine things like logic and blah 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 and our right side of the brain being associated with more of the feminine traits that I described like creativity and emotions and etc we need this balance over the last few weeks I've been reading more about like Chinese philosophy and medicine for my own health reasons and one thing that I've realized that is true is that they have this idea called yin and yang and what yin and yang means is essentially there are two parts to a complete energy and a a ecosystem that runs effectively if you have too much of one the other suffers if you have too much of the other likewise so what we need is both energies working synergistically in a way that will benefit your body and your mind and everything about you and it actually goes far deeper than how we present ourselves in society it literally goes down to how our organs operate and how they function and how they need a balance of both energies to function properly in my personal journey of growth I've realized just how important that is because as much as I would say that I um, enjoy feminine traits I've also realized that there are, are a lot of masculine traits that I need to um, embody that will help me to do things that I need to do and that's pretty much the story for everyone so I guess I just think it's important to acknowledge both energies and acknowledge the fact that it's within all of us and acknowledge the fact that it can present itself differently in everyone and that's okay you don't have to be one type of man or one type of woman you don't even have to be a man or a woman you can be any gender that feels right for you and fluidity I think is the way forward in terms of giving people the freedom to express themselves purely from a functional perspective if not anything else because it is in our core like if you don't want to accept that people should do things the way that they want to do because you are maybe more rigid in your ideas of life fine but you can't argue with the fact that there's so much evidence towards their needing balance and things always having an other side to them that can present itself in different ways so my final remarks on this would be that there are no right ways to do gender and someone's character behavior personality should never be assumed based on sex that's first and foremost but also I think being able to consider the fact that this is so flexible can help everyone in self-development and finding a sense of unique balance that feels right to the person and not right because it's what society says or what we should be doing and it helps us to 
further be able to help people individually with their unique situations rather than trying to put a one fits all cap on every woman or every man and thinking that it must work otherwise there's something wrong with them that's just not the case at all we have officially reached the end of another episode if you enjoyed the conversation that we had today feel free to subscribe i will be talking about plenty more topics all in relation to the usual spiritual healthy mindful way of living and if you have any questions any comments reach out to me on my socials and yeah otherwise until next week guys